Devil Woman. What's up, everybody? It's Matt from Rocky's War Room, and we are live. How's it going, everybody, on this Sunday afternoon, episode 31? Not that many episodes left. Our last nope. ramble is going to be the weekend of Thanksgiving, which is going to be an extravaganza because we're going to have a ramble. We're going to have Thanksgiving, which is going to be another uh, test, uh, tales of uh, tales of horror from Wiley's games game. We're also, and I haven't told the, the, the fellas this, we're going to try to fit in on Black Friday. We're going to try to fit in another game, uh, a, a Wiley game that uh, is TBA. It's to be announced. Uh which is a not a normal game that you will see, possibly ancients. Just going to say that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, a Wiley game using the core rules from uh, uh, Wiley Games, which I have over here, but I should have thrown it up there. But uh, that'll be our last ramble of the year. Uh, we will be back in February for season three. There it is. Now Chase has got it. Uh, we have a non-traditional type. You haven't seen it with Wiley Games. Just to show you guys. That you would literally play any historical period uh, with his, you know, historical and core rules. So um, it's it's something ancient. That's all I'm going to say about it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to do it. Uh, we ha also have to play Galactic Heroes. But that doesn't mean we're going to stop doing things. We're still going to have Friday Night Fights. We're still going to have the occasional games. Uh, like I have a Christmas-themed and a New Year's, New Year's Eve thing. And, um, Did Sam and Nails go get to kick people's ass yeah <laughs> all right sure why not dibs on uh, the easter bunny we <laughs> the christmas theme one uh and the new year's eve one is going to be galactic heroes and we're going to be starting to play some erawan stuff and possibly some uh some uh, mythic americas possibly on new year's eve so um we're going to be doing that you know it's coming up you're going to see some erawan from us in different games you know, our favorite game is Wiley Game stuff, but uh, when Mythic America drops and you guys see some Erewhon games and stuff like that, uh, it'll be something just a little bit different um, that you can use. So, uh, oh, Dave Hall says, ah, oh, vast ye scabrous dogs. Okay. Uh, so let's get this started. Welcome. Season, uh, season two, episode 31. All right, so tonight is naval wargaming, and we're going to do a top 16 naval-themed movies, uh, and we're also going to uh, talk about rule books, models, and things that have to do with naval wargaming, which is not my specialty, and I don't know a ton about, uh, so you probably won't hear much from me other than maybe some questions and things like that, and it, it's good to have, you know, on the other side of the <laughs> uh, fence as far as, you know, some wargamings to have someone who's never played naval war games or has any questions about it to ask them so if you guys got anything uh that, you know questions that uh i know Nache and mcmurray who are our naval experts of the group um might be able to answer those those questions where you can get those models and and, and things along those uh, that that line but there's a couple things we need we need to talk about we have in the room with us <laughs> The return of our foreign correspondent, all the way from the UK, it is John Harrington. Say hello, sir. <laughs> Gentlemen, good evening. How are you? There he you? is. G gentlemen, he, uh, how dare he is you? Back. Sir, how dare you? 
Who walked in? Six million times more than you this year. Holy shit. <laughs> he is back. Now. He's going to be uh, – he's, he's another one of our co-hosts. Uh, he was with us at the beginning of the year and, and kind of in the middle there, and now he is back. doesn't matter what happened in between. He is with us. So, John, we pl uh, uh, played a game. What was it, Friday, guys? It was a Friday night, right? The, yeah, the Friday night. That's why it's yes. called Friday Night Fights. Friday Night Fights. And he made fun of me for the uh, opening monologue. Well, <laughs> well it's nice because it means the rest of us get a break. Thank you, John. <laughs> well, I, I was, but to be fair, to be fair. To be fair. I was taking Mickey out of his accent, but then equally, you haven't heard my terrible American accents, and you're not going to either. So I really okay. have no leg up on which to stand. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome back, John. And of course, you guys, Nache McMurray, they're with us tonight. Naval Wargaming. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, <laughs> any thoughts about our game Friday? Any you, you want to talk about it a little bit, maybe? Uh, it was the Tales of Horror from Wiley Games, and it was the Hunters, which was Sister Sanity, Dr. Helsinki, and... Uh, Who dies like bitches. <laughs> <laughs> then you had the Werewolves, and you also had the Cultists. The Cultists were played by Warmut. Not Jay played the werewolves and the hunters were played by Bane, who's never played the game before. And, and he, he ended up buying the rules that night. Yeah. So and he loved it. He loved it. It's it's like <sighs> I said, it, it's kind of like with Antares. You gotta play it. Once you play it, once you see it, you're like, oh, there's something here, you know? So yeah. the more exposure we give to it, especially like, you know, later on we're gonna we're gonna experiment with Antares and Erewhon, the more you see it, the game. You'd be like, whoa, there's something here. There's something here, you know? So it's fun. What do you think of the game, Nache? Was it, was it a good time? Oh, yeah. We'll talk I about had, it. I had a lot of fun. Um, what you didn't <laughs> like about it, what you liked about it. <laughs> On a personal level, those ghosts can go screw. <laughs> but as a game balance mechanic, they're absolutely needed. I, I, I don't I do not argue the fact that they needed to be there. I argue the fact that they sucked. All that was standing in front of his character and his team being just ungodly overpowered. Those darn ghosts. Like sorry, buddy. Well that wolf's howl. I thought for sure you'd Wolf do that a second. Not Jay, have a Snickers. You're not yourself and you're hungry, buddy. <laughs> I thought for sure. Just you were gonna do that. You were gonna do that wolf's howl more than once because the amount of shock that it threw out at people. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I I, I thought I about it, but nah. I I I need I need to put uh, I need to put uh, thing and claw onto these onto these interlopers. Yes, <clears throat> and I did want to mention we were playing one rule wrong, and it's okay. Uh, that if you engage in a fight, if you get within one inch of any miniature, it doesn't matter if they activate it or not. I did want to point this out to the people who did watch it. They will fight in a close combat. So, you know, it's yes. not if yeah. they haven't activated yet, but when it comes to their turn to activate, they cannot initiate another close combat. So that was right. one rule. Which, which... <clears throat> yeah, we did that wrong. I apologize uh, profusely we know now. for messing that up. Uh, we, but we it, does make, it does make uh, things different. Um, Sure not does. only for, you know, the combat, but also, you know, if deadly. I charge in there with a werewolf and <clears throat> cause, you know, at first, 
and that triggers both of the uh, the, the cultists. They got to figure out something to do mm. when it's their turn to activate. <laughs> yeah, which is more important: the two inches that you get pushed back or swapped if you win. You know, he probably could have made a little bit more of a difference if you know we were playing it correctly. But I don't think the outcome would have been any different that much. It, it might have. It might have. But you never know. He uh, might have got depend- one. Might depend on the the dice roll. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's all it ever um, is. And I believe John's going to play in our next game because we're going to get him. We're going to we're going to get oh, him yeah. and play these. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We'll give him the brotherhood. Yeah, John will have the brotherhood, the now, sword the, and the relics. The the one thing that I Fire. wasn't a huge huge fan of was the ghost. No, 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 no. no? Oh, okay. Again, I understand the ghost. I, I I I get why they're there, and and I'm okay with that. I'm not a big fan of the. Uh, the the minions they go oh. way too fast they're well to, they're minions hold on <laughs> no, multiple no, no, no. combats multiple combats with those minions makes them a little bit better right but they were all gone before they even got there because of the damned ghosts i understand <laughs> <laughs> but 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 if the ghosts weren't there, you can see their pliability. You can see their their application would have been a lot better because you could have three fighting one. Even though it's a D8 for them, you can right. split them up. You don't have to keep them together either. Yeah. Uh, it says that in the rule book that you can, you can either keep them together or separate them or anything like that. Not to mention the fact that uh, we also, the leader special rule, I think it's within 12 inches or something like that. He gets a plus one to your recovery rolls. We forgot right. to use that rule too, so there was things that we did miss. But we, you know, every time we play, we're going to learn. But yeah. uh, we're going to we're going to get John here, John. John, I'm going to show you what your uh, your leader looks like, buddy. This is the Brotherhood. This is who's John's going to play. <laughs> little little monks with crosses so and swords. So no, not crazy. Those are that's a COE monk. You're good. And you got crossbows. <clears throat> You do have some shooties or crossbowmen, you know, with cloaks. So you'll take care of those werewolves. No problem. (laughs) There'll be another hunter group. So what I'm thinking of doing is doing three hunter groups, right? And they're, they're hunting the werewolves since he won, you know, we all got to go after not Jay, right? But you're all competing with each other. So, and I'll add one ghost per, per, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I, 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 I'm just going to say this. I'm going to rejoice in murdering more Humies. Oh, there you go. McMurray. It's a challenge. It's going right. to happen. The trash talk has started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck. Oh, it never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we're going to start with the top 16 naval themed movies, and then I'm going to let these guys go so I can paint and ask my questions. About naval war gaming, uh, but first, David Hall says, which means hello, war gaming folk. He said, "A vast ye scabbardy dogs." He also says, "How many thousands of dollars will it cost to have Task Force Fifty Eight and the opposing IJN fleet, and when will the Independence class carriers be available and other heavy and light cruisers thereof?" Okay, so what we're going to do we're is we're going to hold that off. Oh, we're not. <laughs> And, and we'll answer that a little bit later. But thanks, David, for posting that, man, putting that up there. So Dave, let's we need do to it. what game, buddy. 
Okay, so we have an even number of people in our chat right now. So that means that uh, we're gonna get our choices. And when we go to voting, if it, it becomes a tie, you folks in the chat get to decide the tiebreaker, uh, who's gonna win. If nobody does, I have a die sitting right here. We will roll off if we don't get an answer. So <sighs> let's get started. All right, top 16 naval themed movies. Hunt for Red October is the first one I'm putting on there. And then we'll, we'll ask John, what is his first? Uh, my first choice, and I'm going to say it's the only choice, is The Cruel Sea. A Cruel Sea. The Cruel Sea. Classic, 1953, black and white. Film not long after, obviously, the, 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 the Second World War had finished. Um, yeah, absolutely superb movie. Superb. Really? Quotable. If you've not seen it, you are missing out. Well, see, that's why we do this, because there's, there's movies I've never seen before. But go ahead, McMurray. Well... That was going to be one of mine, so thanks, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll run with uh, we'll run with Master and Commander. Ooh, mine. That's that's yeah. a good one. And I don't know that many, so dang it. Yep, I'm just picking <clears throat> off a low hanging fruit I for know. you. Gotcha. What do you got? Das Boot, of course. Das uh, Boot. <laughs> <laughs> because I love subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> and you love historical accuracy, right? In movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with Pearl Harbor. Oh, oh Jesus, <laughs> Mother Mary. <and> <laughs> well, Matt doesn't put any more. Matt gets no more options. Okay. No. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, Matt, you have you got what? battleships on your list? Because if you have, I'm sorry, you're out. Hang <laughs> on. Right? I'm not talking about that movie as a whole. Just the scene where the Japanese came in and they fought back. That's it. Demon. We'll just call that my wife's choice because I asked her, I said, what, what other movies do I know of that, that we've seen? She said, Pearl Harbor. I go, well, okay. It's going on there. Okay. Now, uh, John, you're next. Okay. Um, actually, another one, very much in this thing, uh, Above Us the Waves. Uh, a good sub one. Um, yep. British taking out the uh, Turpits. Film just after Cruel Sea, but certainly my Submariner colleagues rate it, and it's an excellent movie. Above Us? Above Us the Waves. The Waves. It's about the uh, little... Um, so uh, submarines that went in against Turpits. I thought you said Among Us the Waves. No, no, above <laughs> It's a submarine one. It's got subtitles again. All Not right. So, McMurray. Um, on that same kind of uh, <clears throat> Brits whacking um, you know, big Kriegsmarine ships, Sink the Bismarck. Sink the Bismarck? Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Okay, I'm going to pick Under Siege. Uh, you know, for Christ on a crutch. Just wait. Oh, I forgot you, not Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with brand new, fresh out of the can, so to speak. Okay. Greyhound. Yep. Grey, Greyhound. I've not seen it yet. Oh, man. <clears throat> it's good, though. Yes. Like, it like Tom Hanks. That's Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah, okay. What about that one? I saw that one that has uh, Mr. Conair in it. Uh, Nicholas Cage? Yeah, like t USS Tennessee or some shit. Indianapolis? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I already made my choice. John, your turn. Okay, I I'm going with a, a comedy number. So bear with us. Down Periscope. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. 
you don't want to know what my next one is. Okay. <laughs> McMurray. Um, I'm gonna say the Gregory Peck version of Horatio Hornblower. What? There you go. You heard me. Horatio Hornblower. Horatio. In, in, the, in the honor, in honor of Sean Connery's contribution to Celebrity Jeopardy, whore like your mother, ratio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not Jay. The Sand Pebbles. Oh man, that's a good movie. Yeah, I, I actually Indeed have a there. Yeah, dude, I actually have a uh, a USS Cine <laughs> model over here. So I, oh, I nice. yeah. We need to do that scenario then. Well, going back to you know gunpowder and uh, pirate pirates, uh, I'm gonna go Order with. Uh, you say pirates of the Caribbean. I'm gonna sack tech. Pirates of the Caribbean. I do. I know where you live, McMurray. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah. be there in an hour and a half. Gut him like a carp. Yeah, and he'll just take a dump in his basement somewhere. And he'll never find it. What's wrong? It's a it's a naval theme movie. It is the British in it. <sighs> it's even, it's even John off the dude. Top. Even the Brit just gave you a sigh. <laughs> I don't know. About, well, you know, stiff upper lip and all that. You know, I tell you, <sighs> if you came round for tea, Matt, you would not be offered biscuits after that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't yeah know. I like cookies. So. Well, I, I hate made my pick. So much, Pirates Matt. of the Caribbean. John, your turn, I sir. You. I hate you so much, Matt. Why? What What else am I going to pick? I have no... I, I can see... Wait, wait, wait. Top Gun. You want me to pick Top Gun because that was... They took off from a carrier? Top Gun? That's another one, I think, that has water with it. Jaws? Would you like... Jaws is a good one. Right? I would have preferred Jaws over Pirates of the Caribbean. Fine. Jaws is going in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes! Uh, there. McMurray just made it worse. <laughs> Dude, taking Pirates of the Caribbean is like I love picking, those movies. So oh, it is so what it is. I. It is what it is. It's like picking uh, John. What's your choice? Jungle Boat from Disney World. <laughs> John, what's your choice? Uh, I, I'm going with another another old classic, um, The African Queen. Ah. Oh, yes. I have a couple of those sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the last round, right, Matt? Yeah, I hope so. Because I run out after this. Pirates <laughs> of Caribbean got it. Okay. Uh, number 15 and 16 are left. Yes. McMurray, go mm -hmm. ahead. Tora, Tora, Tora. Okay, you rat bastard. Okay. Yeah, I had a feeling that was yours. Tora. 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 Okay. Okay. Pirates of the Caribbean. Just that. I have a really good age of sale one, not Jay. If you're having trouble for a minute here. No, no. No, I, okay. I got one. Midway, the original. Midway. Yeah. All right. Other choices that we hadn't had not got on here. Uh, we got movie Captain Blood here. We got the final countdown. Uh, Jonas mentions the sinking of the Indianapolis. There we go. Yes. 
I'd like to put out a couple other honorable mentions. There's a Dutch movie called Admiral that John might not like too much, but it's a pretty good movie. Um, there's a Robert Mitchum movie, uh, The Enemy Below, that's really, really good. That's another old subversive yeah. Fletcher movie that's incredible. But, yeah, just honorable mentions there. All right. First up, Midway, the original, versus Hunt for Red October. I'm going to start with Nache and work back towards me because I have no idea half these movies. So, <laughs> Nache. What, what, what's, the um, what's the criteria we're voting on here? Is it is it the quality of the movie? Or is it the entertainment? Whatever you okay. want it to be. It's like absolute bedlam, man. Yeah. So like, like, like I'll say Hunt for Red October because I really like um, what's his nuts in there? Um, Sean Connery? Yes, Sean Connery. And because... <laughs> God, I couldn't think of his name, and and I put that up there first thing because that's what I watched today in, in honor of his death. So, so it's Sean Connor, or it's Hunt for Red October against Midway. The original Midway. Midway. I got to go Hunt for Red October, man, because yeah. I just I love that movie so much. I mean, Midway's a great flick and all, but man, Hunt for Red October is great. McMurray. With the exception of Das Boot, I enjoy Carrier Warfare a little bit more than Submarines, so I'm running with Midway because that was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, because I always uh, turn to starboard in the uh, latter half of the hour, I'm going to go for Red October. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Deal. I had a 50-50 chance I had to take it. Well, I'm, you know, Hunt for Red October wins, so if I can get it to – and there's no shame in uh, losing the hunt for out of Cobra. No. All right. The Cruel Sea versus Tora, Tora, Tora. Not Jay? Tora, Tora, Tora. Meg Murray? Come back to shit. <laughs> John? Oh, Cruel Sea. Cruel Sea? Uh, Man, I don't know what to pick because I've not I've seen Torah bits and pieces of Torah Torah, so I'll I'll pick that one. Back to you, McMurray. McMurray. Man, if you pick Torah, it wins. If you pick Cruel C, we have to go to the chat. Well, I said I really, really these are both incredible movies, but I really don't like the Japanese, so we're gonna go with uh, Cruel C's. Okay, so we gotta go. It is a tie. Cut at the end to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That movie would have just won, but it didn't. So it is a tie. So, uh, we do go to the go textures. To the texture, exactly. <clears throat> We've got at least one in uh, YouTube world and at least one in uh, Twitch world. Mm -hmm. uh, David Hall or uh, looks like Joyce on Twitch. Tor Tor wins. All right. All right. Ha ha. Outstanding. Nothing against Cruel C. Under Siege versus Greyhound. I pick Under Siege. Go ahead, Nache. Greyhound, because <laughs> Under Siege is just don't, don't, wrong. Don't. One of my favorites. Tommy Lee Jones, Steven Seagal. What could I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. Uh, <laughs> What about you, McMurray? <clears throat> and John. 
Oh, definitely not under siege, Graham. <laughs> <sighs> I figured yeah. it'd go that way. <clears throat> Matt, do yourself a favor. Down Periscope. Get, a hold <clears throat> Get yourself a uh, a way to watch Apple TV and watch Tor or uh, watch Greyhound. Yeah, well, I know I I got Prime and all that other stuff. I'm sure if I uh, search for it, I'll find it. If it's a naval movie, I probably will get disinterested halfway through. But it is what it is. I'm not. Uh, you won't uh, get disinterested. It, it's it's action. It, there's some good action in it. Okay. Uh, down Periscope versus Sink the Bismarck. Not Jay. Oh wait a minute. What am I doing? What do you mean, what are you I don't doing? care. I'll embarrass myself. Here you go, guys. Right here. Debout? What the hell is Debout? <laughs> That's Das Boot. Oh, I forgot the S. There we go. That, that needs to be B-O-O-T. See? In That's, that, is why, that is why I do not share the screen with this. But there you go. All right. Um, I love the movie uh, Down Periscope. I really do. But Sink the Bismarck was just such a great, great flick. Okay. Sink the Bismarck. Sink the Bismarck. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> John. Down Periscope. Ooh. So you know what my choice is going to be, right? Sink the Bismarck. No, it's going to be friggin' Down Periscope if I know him. Nope. Sink the Bismarck. Moved on. Das Boot versus Jaws. Not Jay? Das Boot. McMurray? Das Boot. Okay. John? Das Boot. I picked Jaws, but we all know where that was going. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's an incredible movie. Master Not about sharks. Not about sharks. Yeah. But Master and Commander versus the African Queen. Oh, oh man. Not, not Jay? Master and Commander against African Queen. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, I love, I, I love Humphrey Bogart, but I gotta go Master and Commander. Okay, Big Murray. Oh, Master and Commander. Totally. African Queen is great. Yeah, I'm 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 with not Jay on this. That's this is a hard call, but I, I think yeah, Master and Commander it's gotta be. But by yeah. whisker. All right. So Horatio Hornblower versus Above Us Way the Waves. Not Jay, start with you. I gotta go Hornblower. Okay. It's such a classic. <clears throat> Hornblower. John? Above us the waves. I don't know. I'm gonna pick Hornblower. You haven't heard. You haven't seen either of them, have you, Matt? I've seen Horatio Hornblower. Dang it! Come on. I just not. I have not seen Above Us the Waves. Okay, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> there we go. 
All right, so the Sand Pebbles versus Pearl Harbor. I'm going to pick Pearl Harbor right now because I've never seen Sand Pebbles, but we're going to go ahead and just do this and not even ask <laughs> or anybody anybody else. It's going to be the Sand Pebbles. So, Because we'll I, I don't on. think anybody is not yeah. going to pick. Elite Eight, Hunt for Red October versus Greyhound. Not Jay? Ooh. I still got to go, go Hunt for Red October, although I loved Greyhound. And I want to watch it again. Um, I can watch it, Hunt for Red October over and over and over again. Okay. McMurray? Um, Greyhound has surface fighting in it. I'm going to do Greyhound. Okay. John? <clears throat> in honor of the late, great Sean Connery, it's got to be Red October. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, Greyhound was an excellent movie. It did a these really good job. Get, of... These What's choices that? get difficult. These choices get difficult really quickly, don't they? <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you have Fifle Goes West, and then, goes west. Yeah, that, and then you that's can just an easy choice. <laughs> For top 16 westerns, we had a choice of Fifle Goes West. It was, it was pretty great. Uh, I bet. For our, for our YouTube viewers, can you tell them the Twitch name? Sorry, that just occurred to me. The Twitch name? I got right here. Yeah. I got it right here. Gotcha. Right here as soon as I bring up friggin' YouTube. All right. Toro, Toro, Toro versus Sink the Bismarck. We're right here in bracket 11 here. Wow. I gotta go Tora Tora Tora. Yeah. That's my vote too. McMurray. Sink the Bismarck or Tora Tora Tora? Sink the yep. Bismarck. Okay. John? Bismarck. Really? It's a tie. All right, ladies and gentlemen in the chat. What what was that? Uh tell us, Tora 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 or Sink the Bismarck? Hey, McMurray said sink the Bismarck. I see that, McMurray. Rocky's warm. It McMurray. doesn't count. Doesn't count, sir. What? No! Qualified <laughs> Twitch user. The Bismarck is an objectively better movie. You should have kept it. You should have kept it. <laughs> you should have kept your old name. Figure out how to log on is that. Mini BB. <laughs> I just want to point out that this is obvious collusion on the part of the host. And one of the long-standing hosts. <laughs> Not Jay. He put the Twitch feed. Okay. This whole Tab <clears throat> 16 is now under protest. <laughs> <laughs> and Tora moves on because David Hall is actually a user and not Mr. McMurray trying to uh, coax. If I oh, you freak. I hate this stupid program. I need to do something different. There we go. Get a new mouse because it double clicks on its own. All right. Das Boot versus the Sand Pebbles. Ooh. Not Jay? Ooh. Uh, oh, man. Oh, come on. I got to go Das Boot. John? Das Boot. McMurray? Sand Pebbles is great, but Das Boot. Yeah, I figured that. It's an undisputed masterpiece. Like that movie's 
Incredible. All right. I'm picking Master and Commander, but Master and Commander versus uh, Horatio Hornblower. Hmm. How's it going, eh? Walkabout Games is with us. Chris Long. Later, bud. Hello there, eh? So Master and Commander versus Horatio Hornblower, not Jay. <clears throat> Damn. <laughs> Both great age of sale flicks. But I think Master and Commander wins out due to just the sheer visual. I think the whole concept of that movie was fantastic. Just, yeah, just it's I mean just... Well the, the, the books <clears throat> What's that, John? The books are excellent. Yeah. Oh, they yes. are. So Master and Commander? So, yeah, Master and Commander. Okay. McMurray, same? Master and Commander. John? Master and Commander. Same here. I remember the first time I saw that. I I only watched it because it was because it like it had Russell Crowe in it and he did Gladiator. <laughs> so, you know, but I was actually really pleasantly surprised at how, <laughs> good, how how good it was done. And the guy who played the doctor is like from my teenage years. He was in a bunch of teenage movies, you know. So it was very familiar for me. You've got a thing for Russell Crowe, is what you're saying. Not, well, Russell Crowe, and then there was a, uh, the doctor, yep. you know, who went out and drew the plants and things. Yes. I don't know the actor's name, but. Okay, we're in our final four here. And this is the hardest one. Boy, so is this is Hunt for Red October versus Das Boot. Nache, starting with you again. Das Boot. Hunt for Red October. Oh. John, we got one each so far. Yeah. Um, that's McMur McMurray cut it out. <laughs> I'm picking Hunt for Red October. So this is a tie. So you got you folks besides McMurray in the, oh, Walkbot Games said Master Command. Oh, no, that's Master and Command. It's a different one. Uh, Hunt, for Hunt for Red October is the winner. Hunt wins. No, he didn't. Can't be mad at that. It didn't win the whole Go thing. Go figure. Canadians waltzing in here and screwing stuff up. Tor, Tor, Tor versus Master and Commander. Not Ooh, Jay? Smoke. Oh, man. Shut your answers out there. I'm picking Master. Master and Commander. Love me some tall chip. Yeah, I got to go Master and Commander, too. Even though Tora, Tora, Tora has some special you know connotations to myself but uh master and commander is a better movie well that leaves us with picking the winner of the top 16 naval themed movies of all time according to rocky's worm i need to say that <laughs> and that's master commander versus hunt for red october Wow, I don't know. I know I'm, just I'm having trouble with this. <clears throat> you know, it, you think Red October because of Sean Connery, but Martian mm -hmm. Commander is just such a good movie. And it Paul Bettany is. is the name of the guy who played the Doctor, by the way. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Master and Commander, I'll start us off. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on that. I think Master and Commander, if it's if it's okay. good movies. Up you, Matt. 
No. I'm going to have to go with... This is really tough because both these movies are like, if I'm going to watch something in that era or that, like, if I want to watch a, a movie like this, I won't watch, you know, Pearl Harbor. I'll watch Hunt for October, Master Commander, Under Siege, you know, those type of things. And this is, these are one of two of my. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't have Under Siege in that list of movies. Top picks yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just quote he top tried to again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Top Gun is in there too. I didn't mention that, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, it's just that—that's a really hard one for me. But I'm def—I'm just gonna have to go with Master and Commander. I can't—I cannot be mad at that. I think—I think part of the reason why Hunt for October is so endearing to me is because it is a Cold War era movie. Man, and I'm very much I am very much a child of the Cold War. You know, so you're a child of the Cold War because it happened in the Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I wrote I wrote a uh, I wrote a mastodon to school uphill in the snow both ways <laughs> in South Texas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, picking between Hunt for Red October and Master Commander, I think Master Commander, Master and Commander, is a more updated movie, but that doesn't really make the difference. You know, it doesn't change the actors or the dialogue or anything like that. But at the same time, Master and Commander is something that I can stay with. Like I don't pause to go get popcorn or something to eat. You know. So the, the other reason, uh, my choice of Hunt for Red October. What's that? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, yep. Hey, guys, look, look what showed up today. Oh, so oh, very nice. Your, your Mazions or Mazons or whatever the hell they're called. Yep, Mazons. And <laughs> this, little, this little explorer, which I need to show because I forgot I sent her with. And she's part of the Savage Core. You know, game, and she does something special. She has her own card. If I can get her to focus, come on, get more light. There we go. Make your screen big, if you would. He uh, he put lipstick on her. This is <laughs> this is this is Bob's quality. I mean, he does little bitty things. If I can get to focus again, that would be wonderful. Come on. There you go. There you go. Oh wow! Holy smokes, Bob! Good stuff. Whoa! Nice work, Bob. I know you're so not here, the, Bob. That's the quality that you get when you go with Bob to paint your miniatures. That's right. Have him paint your shit. <laughs> so uh, while we're uh, getting set up for our naval talk. This is some of the stuff that Bob is uh, available to do. You can get him on uh, Rocky's Warm Community, send him a message, or you can send him a messenger. Uh, here's just some of the stuff that he does.
right. So that's what he does. And uh, if you need to get hold of him, like I said, make sure you hop on Facebook. You can instant message him. It's pretty easy. It's Bob Smith. And uh, he does a great job. So, all right. On to Naval War Gaming Talk. Was that better, John? <clears throat> chip, chip, chip. All that rot. Snorker, you know. Come on, Kaiser. Carry on, man. Number one. Carry on, number one. <laughs> so, Naval Game War Gaming. When we talk Naval War Gaming, um, we talk, you know, rules, miniatures, you know, the, the there's not much terrain, really. I guess <laughs> there is, but there isn't. Uh, other than some water and some maybe some islands and things like that, or some buoys, uh, or some rock outcrops, you know, boys, whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Pronounced boys, 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 All right. boys. boys and goals. Um, and with with my experience, I've played twice. I've played naval games twice, um, and I didn't. The only one that I absolutely had fun playing. And you guys are going to hate me for this, but Dreadfleet. Yep, sure do. And yeah. Dreadfleet. Is there Dreadfleet. any way to kick the host off his own show? <laughs> Stop it. You guys can maybe interest me with other things. You have already. But what I mean is Dreadfleet was fun because it was a fantasy setting. And I understood the old world and I understood, you know, everything about it. Naval Wargaming, I don't understand it as much, even though my, you know, my grandfather was in the Navy. Um he was in. He was on the USS Corridor. That's Corridor, uh, that, Corridor, or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not pronouncing it right. It's hard to freaking pronounce. But he was on that ship. Um, he was a gunner, or something like that. And he's uh, said he was in a lot of action over there. And he was a painter. And that. And I just wanted to mention him because he's the reason why I'm in this hobby and love painting so much because my my grandfather taught me so much stuff when I was a kid during the summer in between school. Uh, he painted his ship that he was on several ships, World War II <coughs> ships and things like that. He did a lot of uh, like um, naval and airplane paintings. And um, I learned a lot from him and he was in the Navy. So um, he was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, it sucks that he's gone because I could have learned so much more and I could have sh shown him a lot of this stuff that I do and he'd love it. So, but he loved naval uh, models, you know, he loved putting uh, ships together and stuff like that. He only was able to do like 10 or 15 of them because he got so insane with it. Like, you know, Wapple does with his models. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he would get like that with, with, with naval ships. I mean, he would paint it and he'd be like, well, this, this, the hole over here is all wrong. This line is too straight. It needs to have a jig in it. Why? Well, here's the picture. Let me show you. You know, he would say stuff like that, <laughs> you know? So in a way I'm kind of like that with my painting, you know, if I didn't particularly like something specific, I would want to, Oh, i got to fix that. I got to go back. I got to fix that. So, but without further ado, uh, there's a new Kings of war game out called Armada <laughs> that, uh, uh, I'm secretly getting into, but anyway, that's my naval wargaming experience. So I don't know what, uh, uh, how much I will I have to give to this conversation, but I definitely have questions for you guys. So let's talk rule books, models, uh, historical significance, um, historical <coughs> battles, and things like that. Does that sound like a good idea? You guys can do that. Sure. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, personally, I think you, you can't you can't have a conversation about naval war gaming without mentioning. Right. In my opinion, you can't have one without McMurray. Well, besides that, <laughs> but you, you you can't have a conversation about it without the mention of what I personally think is like the grandfather of all naval war gaming, and that's the Fletcher Pratt rules. I've personally never played them, uh, but my understanding is they are long drawn out and convoluted, but gives a very good um, rendition of a, uh, um, what's what I'm looking for, simulation of actual naval combat. And I've seen where people have taken like one six hundredth scale models uh, similar to what McMurray's working with now, played them, put them out in a gymnasium floor, and uh, played an entire, you know, an entire weekend. Yeah, am I going to be carrying this all on my own here, McMurray? No, I mean I, I likewise have never played. Um, I don't think uh, Fletcher Pratt's Fletcher Pratt's rules either. Um, I may have. Yeah, I think I may have actually played a really simplified version of it of them yeah. at a uh, at a convention in St. Louis probably a decade or so ago, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah. I'd say yeah, you I mean you've got stuff like that um, in terms of old school like semi-formative age of sail stuff. You know, you see uh, Don't Give Up the Ship, which is an original Gygax rule set from back in the day before he was even thinking or before he was doing D&D and everything. Um, and stuff like that, that again, are, are really, they've got that old, really granular, you know, you got to worry about everything. You've got charts on charts. Right. You've got, you know, angular wind, or angular wind direction calculations, the whole nine yards, which is not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's certainly not what most modern war gamers are looking for. No, um, which is where you get you know semi more streamlined games coming in. Um, some that do that really well, and some that streamline the Age of Sail pretty terribly. Um, if we're being honest, uh, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just the same as you know, you've got old school you know, World War II naval rules versus, you know, newer stuff. Um, and the nice thing about naval wargaming that you can't necessarily get with other, you know, styles of wargaming is the ridiculously intense granularity. Like there's some naval war games that if you tried to play it, you know, on an infantry level, you'd be tracking your dude's heart rate and shit. Um, oh, yeah. Um, there's one game out there that I got a hold of uh, back in the mid-90s. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. It was actually uh, it was a rules set for miniatures, but they had uh, you know, cut out uh, you know, card stock ships. Yeah. So, you know, you, you buy the box, you, you play it. I think it was made by Titan games or something like that. I, I, like I said, I don't remember, but there was a chart to see 
how the captain was feeling at the beginning of the turn. Yeah. Like you were rolling to see, did he just hork over his lunch? Um, yeah. And it was like, close the book, set it aside. I don't need that. <laughs> <clears throat> but then on the, uh, on the flip side, you had um, uh, general quarters, which was very abstracted. Yeah. All ships had the same number of hull points. All um, uh, all ships had the same number of, for lack of a better term, uh, combat effectiveness track. Um, is just how much uh, damage or firepower they had was deduced at each block. So like USS Missouri, with its 16-inch, 9-16-inch guns, would have like uh, 32 points of damage able to be done and would reduce to 24, which would reduce to 12, which would reduce to 6, or a a, uh, town-class cruiser would have uh, like 12 points and it would reduce to 9, you know, 6, and 3. Yeah. It just, it was too, uh, it was too... um, abstracted for me in fact uh, general quarters actually was my uh, my first naval game it, it's what really got me into back in world into miniature gaming uh, on of my own was that and immediately i started jacking around with the rules with uh with a buddy of mine you know as soon as we played it once it's like uh we want to change this up <laughs> I gotcha. I, have you played through that series? Like, are you have you played General Quarters three to know what that's? Yeah, I have played General Quarters three, and it's it's a bit better. Um, it's <clears throat> you, you, when you you're doing damage, you're now able to do damage to either the main battery or the secondary battery. Um, you're doing damage to engines and and whatnot. <clears throat> it's See, that's still the one thing that deterred me from from naval war gaming is there's so many charts like f- based on what I've seen other people playing you know the war gaming is is the charts and stuff like that and and what's weird is I played Warhammer which had a bunch of charts in sixth edition and things like that <laughs> but when I always saw somebody playing a naval war game that's all I was seeing was like well you gotta you gotta look at this chart, and then you gotta look at this chart, and then you gotta do this, and then the wind direction, and it's just like it just didn't appeal to me, you know. That's just I just wanted to comment that. But go ahead. No, that's fine. Yeah, and, and I get that. Um, I mean, guys, have you, have you played um, um, Langton Signal Close Action, the the um, Age of Sail one? Signal Close Action. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've had to go on the fast play version. <clears throat> Actually, yeah, it does cut down the number of charts. There's basically two charts you use for the game. That makes life an awful lot easier. Yeah. Um, but the full yeah. version has got, yeah, it, it's charts after it, it, it's chasing <laughs> chasing Fletch Pratt rules. <laughs> but it's um, the fast action is pretty good, I thought. Yeah, no, uh, I've played single close action. I'm a big fan of, of Asia sales stuff. I can never find anybody to play it, which means I have a surplus of rules. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Oh, geez, what is it? Um, same with It Is War, or, um, sorry, uh, Jesus, Fire She Bears. 
same sort of thing. There's a, a lot of age of sale rules tend to have base rules and then advanced rules to play just because it's a whole lot easier to convince somebody to, you know, do something if you're not worried about roll. You're not worried about, well, do my gun crews do better than your gun crews? You know, yeah. okay, are there carronades? No, okay. Stuff like that. And then all the way into, you know, exactly how particular you're going to be about wind direction and all that and, you know, different rigs. Um, but one thing that I've experimented with, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, Matt. And again, that's the, it's like anything else, you know, if you're, if you're playing it, you know, let's say we're playing 40 K right. Or Warhammer and you've got, you know, no, but okay. 15 different units that are out there doing something. Mm-hmm. If you're playing an age of sale game where you're in control of 16 different models. Yeah. Either a, your life is going to suck or B you're playing a game that's, that's abstracted down to the point where it's about as manageable as, you know, playing Warhammer. Yeah. In terms of everything has its own shoot characteristic, fight characteristic, and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it really breaks down to what what level of detail you're looking for. Again, it's just with naval wargaming, there's such a ridiculous you know, depending on the scale of the, the game and the period, you're basically commanding a small village. You know, yeah, that has again, depending on the period, the better part of an army's worth of guns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of complexity there if you want it, but again, there's also a lot of games where you don't have to worry about that complexity. Um, like I know I rec- I've recommended it before on here multiple times. Um, a game called It Is Warm Work, it's cheap, it's simple. It's fun to play. It's on War Games Vault, um, and it's it's built for for fleet action. You know, you're you're supposed to be able to play Trafalgar in an afternoon without too much trouble between two people, um, and you can do that, and it's fun. But again, it's all it all depends on what you're what you're looking for. The nice thing is you can find it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've sort of played a game. I guess you can say. I sort of played a game that reminded me, uh, and it was a Star Wars game, Star Wars Armada. It kind of reminded yeah. me of ship battles in space. And I didn't mind it so much. I, I like the mechanics that they used as far as, like, you know, planning three turns ahead and things like that. But and they used the cards instead of using, like, charts and things like that. And I think the charts scare me. And I, I don't know why. Just, they just <laughs> They just deter me. I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of charts. I don't want to have to do that. And I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with 40K and playing 40K and, you know, the disdain for, well, you don't know how to use close combat. So you got to look on this chart and that chart and you got to do this. And it's like, I think that's where that comes from. But, you know, charts don't necessarily scare me anymore. But at the same time, I'm not going to rush out and play one that has one. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get what you mean. And I'd love to play something like that with you for sure. So yeah, that's man. just my two cents there. So. <clears throat> Let's do it. Yeah, charts chart don't bother me, to be honest with you. I find them easy to use, and, you know, they're quick. You can just have one thing <clears throat> down there. You don't have to look at, you know, oh, this thing. Oh, this this one hits on a 4+. plus. Well, let me go look at this unit's card. This unit hits on a 5+. plus. Well, this card's unit, or this unit's card says it hits on a 3. Like, I'd mm-hmm. rather just look at one chart, and it's like, here's the value of it. There you go. Yeah. Um, that well, being said, uh, go for it. No, I was just going to say that um, 
I think that it's maybe the period that everybody plays, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of it's that I see is world war two. I love the black sea ships. You know, I love the pirate area. I love that, you know, naval area, but <laughs> I, I, I have played a, the, something that I really, I know for a fact that I would enjoy if I were to play it now, but it was a long time ago, but it was, uh, um, it was ancient. Um, the Greek, I guess, or uh, not, I, I'm saying it wrong. It's ancients, but it's the Greek boats, the Byrings, Triremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I play. I played that game. When it came out from, from War Games uh, Illustrated one year, I was like, oh, man, I got to have that. And it had some wooden ships and things. And I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't buy it, but a friend of mine did. And we played it, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. So there, that I just remembered that. So continue, sir. I would buy into that again. My 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 naval war gaming um, World War Two is is my bailiwick, as it were. <clears throat> it's that that's that's the the time and the place that I I enjoy the. I enjoy the most is is World War II naval, um, and specifically uh, cruisers, destroyer action. Some battleships, but yeah, cruisers and destroyers are really, really where I like going. <clears throat> it's that's my t favorite time frame. It's my favorite uh, <clears throat> scale because uh, when I play. 12400 scale I, I or when I play World War II naval I play in the 12400 scale um, we'll get into that in a minute <laughs> yeah scale um, but to have a fight I'm just <laughs> I don't know who's gonna say something dumb but you never know <laughs> but you know that's that's where I like you know my play the my 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 interest of playing is directly with World War II. Um, not that I don't like uh, Age of Sail, uh, because I do. It's just I couldn't ever get anybody around me to play Age of Sail. Everybody wanted to play, you know, World War II. So it's kind of where where I landed to Where's the point that? where. Oh, he's said, in the chatter. He said Bailiwick. <laughs> and why am I in the mood for a Snickers bar? Yeah, product placement. Yeah, because not Jay was angry earlier, so. <laughs> when am I not angry? There. Yeah. Continue. But, uh, um, to the point where I, I actually wrote my own World War II naval combat rules. Oh, yeah. Which I need you guys to to play oh yeah i need to play that yeah can do i i i would just like to take this opportunity to point out not jay that just because no one around you will play age of sale with you doesn't mean you can't build up an absurd collection of age of sale stuff and not paint it okay oh no i've, I've got about a dozen or so age of sale miniatures those are rookie numbers dog you gotta pump those numbers up well, keep in mind, I've got, I've got probably over 300 World War II miniatures. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, that that can be difficult 
just finding somebody to play with. Um, I would imagine, John, for you guys, it's it might be a little easier. Hell, I don't know, given that, you know, your your nation's history is so ridiculously closely entwined to the uh, Royal Navy. It is? Um, Tell me more. Whereas in America, our naval traditions are just ridiculously entwined in beating up your Navy. Um, but, um, I, have a great, I, have, I have a great book by Theodore Roosevelt for you um, that I can oh, say. Um, but no, uh, I just I had to get that one in there. Um, sorry, John. Is John but, there? I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm just not. Uh, that remark doesn't demean a response. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, right. yeah. John's just, <laughs> John's just way too classy for my bullshit. That's all. Um, <laughs> so wrong. Yeah, I'm almost swearing at a figure I'm trying to paint, which doesn't help. So <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm painting Royal Navy vessels right now, so I can't really talk too terribly much. No. Um, but I don't know. I mean, naval war game is a giant gigantic category man it really is like you basically have the entirety of human history since ugg first learned he could you know sit on a log and throw rocks at dug dug on the other side of the river um so and by the way if we want to play that that would be super cool and i feel like we could adapt starfighters to it really really well um, uh but um Hey, so, I've got I mean, my, my log's bigger than your log. I've got a 12 foot log, and you've only got an eight foot log. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And what do you know? We're right back to uh, interwar cruiser development. Um, but no, it's, it, and, and, and so that's kind of what's cool about it is because you really can. And Matt, you know, now that you are dumb enough to admit you wanted to play, you know, ancient, uh, ancient sea battles, congratulations, buddy. I'm going to go find myself some biremes and triremes. Awesome. And, I'm we're down, gonna, dude. We're going to run into each other a lot. Um, okay. Ramming <laughs> speed. Oh, man, that's right. How did you not put Ben-Hur into the into the, war, into the table? Oh, come on, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saving that for uh, for the uh, chariot, top 16 chariot races. For the top 16 movies about Jesus? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You were saying, McMurray. <laughs> um, but no, so that's that's pretty cool. Like I'm, you know, I, I'm currently staring at. I do have a a 28 millimeter, one 28 millimeter uh, bireme. Yeah. That I fully intend to find somehow, somewhere, an out of print, um, you know, pal for, so that I can fart around with that because that would be pretty cool. Um. But. Airdle hasn't made that kit in, I think, probably about 40 years, so it might be a while before I find a second one. Um, oh, yeah. But that being said, all the way up through, you know, the whole gamut. Um, somewhere around here, I do have a couple Lepanto galleys, which would be pretty cool to mess with. Um, for whatever reason, the Armada era, the really, really tall forecastles and or foxholes and everything. Sorry, John. Um <laughs> Don't, yeah, folks, don't do don't do a whole lot for me. Um, I don't know why. Nothing against Captain Cook or anything. It's just not my jam. Um, but you know, that being said, I'm sure that on a smaller level, something could be figured out. Um, again, I'm honestly not really into the. Like I said, that 
that whole era kind of just weirds me out until you hit like the 1750s and you really settle into, all right, look here. We figured out the broadside thing. We're real, real good at that now. Um, and you start, you know, returning down to to really concentrated, good broadsides with good cannon that don't just, you know, randomly explode unless you're the Bonhomme Richard. Um, and again, sorry, John. <laughs> that wasn't a sorry, John. I wasn't talking shit on the therapist. Like, I don't know how John Paul Jones pulled that one out of his ass, but he managed to. Um, <laughs> probably on a kind of like, you know, an extra 350 French soldiers and four extra ships. But yeah. Uh, We're going need, to need a disclosure uh, announcement before McMurray talks from now on. <laughs> you just need a general English translator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyways, so, I mean, again, part of my happiness with Naval Wargaming is you can do, again, the start of time until, honestly, World War II. Because modern Wargaming, I mean, you could basically just have a blank sheet on a table and just put missiles on it. Um, yeah, pretty much. Which I know I know there's guys who play Harpoon and they love it. I just I don't know how I could get into it. You know, the World War II carrier stuff isn't my super favorite. No. Again, just because... You know, we're 200 miles apart. Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Um, I, I, I think that's why I love the Battle of Surgao Strait so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because you could actually, yeah, because you could put escort carriers, you know, five miles from Japanese ships that, yeah, you know, you've got carriers that are using their secondary, you know, anti aircraft batteries. Paul Beck is with us. Oh, that's cool. Paul's awesome. Mr. Paul. Mr. Paul Beckus is with us. That's one other thing I would really enjoy playing, I think, is uh, – and I really want to build it is um, Taffy 3, just to see if we could – you know, if you could ever get oh, yeah. close to, to mimicking what, what the team What they pulled off. Do. Yeah, like, again, the best quote ever is, don't worry, boys, too. We'll have them in 40-millimeter range. I'm sorry. You're a destroyer engaging a heavy cruiser and the Mutashi. Like maybe being in 40 mic mic range isn't the best call. But what the hell do I know? They won. So yeah. Yeah. Um they, they scared them off, man. They scared them off. I would be too, man. It's like a you know, it, it, the tenacity of a chihuahua plus not being a moron <coughs> and having like the chihuahua had a shotgun and ballistic protection. Yeah. And smoke generators. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, what what I like so much about uh, the 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 Battle of Surigao Strait, uh, not not just the Battle of Leyte Gulf, but specifically Surigao Strait, is you had the the survivors and the rebuilds from Pearl Harbor yeah. sitting at the at the north end of that strait, just laying hate down on the Japanese like nobody's business in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's like and a WWE shit. grudge match, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was a cage match, and then you had the PT boats coming in from the sides, and and uh, the destroyers and the cruisers. Just ah, uh, it, it, the la that was the last great battle wagon battle. Yeah, man. <clears throat> in history, and the Japanese just took it straight up the poop. <laughs> Gross. Not that day needs a warning too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. So here's some questions for you. 
um, as our resident Royal Navy expert, um, I'm painting <laughs> kind of the weirder aspects of the Royal Navy right now, being um, action on Lake Tanganyika in 1915. Uh, okay. You know, because you know, it's the Royal Navy, so if you can if you can float a ship in it, we're going to kick the bejesus out of everybody else on it. So here we are. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's that was the hold on. I have Steamer Wars. I have the the quote here, and I'm pretty sure it is. It's not. It's the policy of the Royal Navy to. Uh, there it is. It is both the duty and the tradition of the Royal Navy to engage the enemy wherever there is water to float a ship. Henry Jackson, First Sea Lord, 1915. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, Steam Wars is a great game. David Manley is a naval gaming genius. You should read his books, buy his stuff, play his games. Um, David, as in, yeah. Yeah, I David. Know, right? Yeah, I know him. <laughs> oh, really? That's awesome. I'm a huge fan. You should uh, ask him if he would like to come on the show so I can fangirl real hard. Yeah, can do that. Yeah, I've, I mean, actually, well, I've, I've actually got to talk to him for work reasons next week anyway. Um, we, we're right. both in the same line of work, so yeah, I can <laughs> get my call great. and talk to him. Yeah, man. No, uh, his games are great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, so yeah, I got – hell, I, in this one I actually combined – I put River Wars at the back of it too because I just had them printed at, at Office Max. Um, but I got a number of his games, and they're really they're really fun. Again, and it's it, it illustrates that incredible, ridiculous dearth of, of of games you can find. Because here you've got, you know, any anything on these lakes would be just quite simply laughed out of you know any coastal waters around Europe at the point. But at the same time, you have two of these little fellas getting hauled over, you know. <clears throat> Yeah. 3,000 miles or something absurd um, to get to Lake Tanganyika from South Africa just so they could fight, you know, something like that. Because Royal Navy, woohoo! <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's true. And guess what? Guess who won? Guess who came out on top on that one? <laughs> Jeffrey Spicer Simpson, the crazy dude who wore a skirt. So, John, what's your experience with naval wargaming rules and things? Um, well, the uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the, I've played the, um, uh, the signal close action a couple of times, which I quite enjoyed. Um, most of us, been more recently, was um, I, I was fortunate to get involved in Cruel Seas very early on, so um, uh, I managed to play quite a fair bit of that, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and I had a whole bunch. <coughs> Um, a whole bunch more uh, figures to paint up and, and what have you for that. And then she's trying to, well, <laughs> as of when the clubs reopen, we'll start playing that again. Um, uh, I, I've, whilst I have um, uh, Victory and Santiago for um, Santa, sorry, Santa Mestre, for the um, uh, Black Sails, I haven't actually played the game. I just got the boats because, hey, why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> they are pretty boats, man. Veteran, yeah. veteran Wargamer says, uh, don't talk to me about naval tradition. It's nothing but rum. Sodomy and la and the lash, Winston Churchill. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> battle of Cape Spada is my favorite naval battle. The second one is the reason I don't go near ships. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jay. Uh, <laughs> that was Paul Beckus there. Oh, uh, okay. That uh, he's from that he's from that convict island, uh, John, where you guys sent all your. All your all your prisoners after we said to don't do that here anymore. 
Yeah. That's what does make him a bad person. No, I'm just giving you trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, but that's it. My naval game, that, that's it. That's about as far as it's gone, realistically. I haven't done that much uh, of the naval side. Um, just dabble when I can. John, uh, were you involved at all with Victory at Seas? No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, that uh, that kind of came uh, just a story we go into another time about that, but uh, no, it wasn't. Okay, no, I was just wondering. I've played the the original Victory at Sea Rule by Mongoose a lot, and they're really fun. They're a really good um, kind of middle ground, not being super simplistic, but not being you know crazy complicated. You can just sit down and play. You can play with people who don't play naval games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, and then the second question is, if you know David Manley and you've got the the Cruel Seas bug, have you played Narrow Seas, his game? Uh, I haven't, no. no. Okay, just wondering. Uh, yeah, no, he, he talks a lot about it in the forums, and I, I must have looked at it and thought, hmm, interesting. But no, he, he, he knows an awful lot of stuff, does David. Yeah. Like an insane amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, now, would you say, John, that this is naval wargaming is like <laughs> – obviously not McMurray's level of excitement to you, but I mean, is it one of your favorite things to do or is it something that's kind of like on the side? Uh, on the side. On the um, side you know, yeah. I, I like pushing figures around about 28 mil scale. Give or take as mentioned. I enjoy pushing those around um, too much. I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. Uh, and Cruel Seas has, uh, was, uh, I think, has been great fun. And I've got a huge box of stuff to paint for it and actually do something with it. So uh, I really must actually now get back in and painting again. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, but I, I'm interested in all sorts of different things. I haven't, you know, there's so many games that I haven't played and would like to play. Um, yeah. You know, all this stuff you've been putting about, you know, going Wild West, and that's, that's quite an interesting period. I've got, you know, I've got the Sarissa Alamo set down here, which is still boxed up to some point. Well, John. We'll Not have to do our. There, we'll have to do our next uh, Wednesday night fight uh, on on a Saturday or something, so you can join us for Wild West. We got uh, Jesse James and the Pinkertons uh, versus the crews that the game the Dead Eye Gang and are going to be with Jesse James and the Lawmen. You know, you could take part in that if you'd like. Yeah. But I think that there's so, there's just so many interesting games to try and play out there, and you know, I look at the Drowned Earth. I'd like to have a go at at some point, and mm. um, you know, and all the other games. Like the problem is, yeah, it, it, people say that we're in a you know, it's a sort of second golden age of of, 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 of war gaming of whatever variety, um, and I think they're right. But the problem is, there is just so much stuff out there. You know, you go back from when these things started, then just so much stuff going on. I wanted to pause because so, I just finished this, by the way. <laughs> I don't want to derail the conversation, but uh, we have uh, another Western building that is complete mm -hmm. with pictures, signs, a little ledger on the wall, a couple of pictures, one of somebody sitting down and eating because it's a friendly saloon because it's the Warmut Saloon, right? Because it's not McMurray's Dollar Saloon? <laughs> that's right. It, and that's this a, one, it, it costs a little more to get what you get. What you get. That's right. <clears throat> Yep. And a little, uh, a little more. Make more dollars saloon. Only the beers are a dollar. <laughs> but I just finished another building for my Rockyville town. Yay. Oh, it's great, man. Thank you. But it back does. To so, Warmont Saloon, you are finished. Oh, 
Those are actually cool. the hard buildings. The Sarissa ones are going to be super easy to paint, but there's going to be videos on that. So, uh, did you see the new Empress miniatures, new Wild West figures? Beautiful. Yes, they're gorgeous. Uh, I have seen those. Um, I still love Knuckle Duster, though. And that a lot of that has to do with the fact that Forrest is the man. <laughs> yeah, he and, is. Uh, I went back and watched an episode. Dude pulled out a fiddle on the show. That's yes, wild. If you haven't seen that show, go check it out. It's the Knuckle Duster interview we did. It's a special live show that we did in interviewing him. He broke out the fiddle in the middle of it. If we're if we're lucky, he'll come uh, join us for the uh, Wild yes, West. <clears throat> he is actually scheduled, so he will Outstanding. be Outstanding. That, so. That's going to be a great show. The 21st of November. So, back to Naval Wars. So, we've talked um, about rule sets and stuff like that. Do you guys want to start talking uh, scale and miniatures and what's out there? So, for me, World War II gaming, um, there, there are some people say you can go one twelve hundredths, and that's if you've got a lot of room. And a lot of money. One twenty four hundred seems to be kind of the the go to for most people, and you can go real expensive with the GHQ models, but those models are exceptionally well detailed and are beautiful. <clears throat> you can also get a uh, good product from uh, CNC. They, yep. they make a pretty decent uh, model. <clears throat> Very good. I'm a big you fan also, of it. Yeah. Um, and you can go super on the cheap and go with Panzerschiff, which are uh, resin models that are, I would say they're almost like ship recognition models more than you know, they're designed to give you an idea of what the ship looks like at, you know, 10,000 yards through a pair of binoculars. Yeah. Nothing wrong not with that. They're not bad. They're Especially just not for like $4 a piece. Exactly. Yeah. The, um, you know, if you want to do the entirety of uh, Battle of Leyte Gulf and all of its different uh, um, parts, then yeah, go Panzer Schiff and you're not out a, a short hand. Yeah, exactly. Or more. <laughs> but if you're gonna game like the River Plate or the Denmark Straits, where you've got two or three capital ships that you want to look just incredible. Yeah. There is not there are not many kits out there. At, at many scales that look more visually impressive than the GHQ Bismarck and Prince Oigan. Oh yeah. I, I've got both of those and they are absolutely gorgeous models. My paint job doesn't do them justice. Yeah. But, I feel real bad about that. Um, <laughs> but they are I just, just started painting my victory at sea starter set. They're significantly bigger than my one three thousandth ships. Yeah. Because they're one eighteen hundredth. They're almost <sighs> twice the size scale wise as your one three thousand and I was about to say one three thousand is one is a, a scale that a lot of people are going to also 
Yeah, Navor's been around in 1-3000s for a really long time. And I feel like people are finally realizing, hey, these things aren't bad. Yeah, they're um, they're, they're decent. <clears throat> Navor got a bad rap on their age of sale stuff because it sits way lower in the water than GHQ. And for the longest time, those were kind of the two that were around, or Navor and GHQ. And nobody can yeah. stand up to GHQ. But at the same time, like I said, if you don't want to spend, you know, $15 for a sloop, then, right. <clears throat> then there you go. And again, just like with the... Yeah, I have... Uh, Todd gave me his, as he mentioned here in the chat. He uh, gave me his 1-3000 ships. I still have them. I totally forgot about that. Thank you for mentioning that, Todd. Yeah, man. So there you go, uh, McMurray. And I still kick myself, man. Again, I think Todd said he got those at Miniature Market back in the day. And I remember seeing those at Miniature Market when they were at Game Night's old location. So that's probably, again, the better part of a decade ago. And then when they moved to their location in Afton before they moved out on Manchester, I remember walking in and saying, hey, do you guys still have all those? And the guy looked at me and said, yeah, I think so somewhere, but they may not have made the move. And they never showed up on the shelves in Afton. And I was like, because <coughs> they were, again, it was miniature market, but in their retail space. So it was like a dollar or two a ship. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, and that's that's a really, really good, you know, those are really great options. Because, again, especially if, you know, you're playing with kids, if you play a lot, the GHQ models are kind of rough. Like, I've got GHQ HSL models that I don't really like playing with. Yeah, because. Especially in HSL, because you got all the sails and the masts, and if you rig your stuff, um I actually started rigging stuff just to get more structural integrity on the masts. Right. Cause those things will, those things can bend if you look at them wrong. They can, and they do, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But again, when you spend, you know, 20 bucks for a sloop. Yeah. And then, you know, it's that many hours, if not more to get the thing on the table and in a condition that you like, <clears throat> Man, that's, that's rough. And yep. same thing for your, your World War II stuff. You know, you get it painted up gorgeously. It's a GHQ model, so there's 40 different pieces in this battleship that's three inches long. Um, yep. And then, you know, your kid drops it. Uh, crap. Um, <coughs> uh, Paul Becker yep. says, Warlord Games, $40 a battleship, but I guess you get cards and stuff with them. Paul, we're not going to talk about that. Why you got to bring that up? Why you got to be that way, Paul? <laughs> why you got to? Okay, you can talk about it. There's, there's no, no reason why we can't. I mean, and it's just to me. I look at that price and go, wow, that's expensive. I mean, is that U.S. dollars or is that Aussie? You know what I mean? So that's U.S. dollars. Is it okay? What we got to do is we got to get John over there to buy stuff from Warlord pre Warlord's ridiculous, ridiculously inflated exchange rate. And then just mail it to us. Right. But, um, Which range is that one he's talking about? The Victory no, Sea stuff? It's because Warlord, when they translate, so if you get on their <laughs> site and look at their prices in pounds, and then you look yeah. at their prices in dollars, <laughs> the exchange rate difference tends to be about doubled. So for the Victory at Sea rulebook they just put out, which is 40 pounds, I just know this because we I looked it up a couple days ago. Um, 
It's yeah, forty pounds. He was yelling at me a couple days ago about it. I was. Which if you just <laughs> put forty pounds into dollars, it's fifty-two dollars. Warlord has it listed. If you try and buy it as an American, it's sixty-four dollars, not fifty-two. Um, which is a again two hundred percent increase on that uh, on that exchange rate, which I'm sure can be business talked away as well. We got to do the whatever. It's just it's frustrating, but that's why we got to get you to do stuff. That was the that's biggest. He's already yeah. he's already giving you a job there, John. <laughs> no, it's just, that was the biggest frustration with the Black Seas stuff because I was really excited to get really into Black Seas, especially when they first sent out the emails. You know, when people posted pictures of it and Warlord posted stuff on their Facebook of it, and so I was looking at it and I was, you know I pulled it up, punched it into the little Google currency calculator deal or whatever else, and I was like, oh, that's not too bad. And then <coughs> it came out on their U.S. emails, and I was like, oh, God, what is that? <laughs> Hold on. Is that the same stuff? Went back and looked. Yeah, it is. It's just dumb. <coughs> but, you know, whatever. Anyway. Uh, but, yes, that's what we got to get John to do. And, actually, while we're on that topic of 1-1800 scale World War II, that used to be fairly common, at least in the U.S., because that's what the <coughs> – Axis and Allies naval stuff was. Was it really? Yeah. And when they stopped making those, those went real, real cheap. And so there were people who would get into stuff because again, it's, it was kind of like the, the sales of glory type stuff where it's not 70, $75 for rule book in Australian dollar ruse. Yeah, exactly. Paul, I hate to say this. Don't get angry at me. Warlord, just get online, find yourself an old mongoose copy of the rules. They're incredible. Um, but anyhow, that's that. I, part. I doubt Warlord's watching. <laughs> John Russell will listen in again. Um, and what the hell was we talking about? I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, no, uh, yeah. The Axis and Allies ships were, again, it's kind of like, you know, Sails of Glory and Wings of Glory, where they weren't super cheap, but they were cheaper than the top flight stuff. They were plastic, so you didn't have to worry quite, you know, so much about people breaking them. And they came pre-painted, which is why a lot of people jumped on the Sails of Glory and Axis and Allies ships, even if they already had, you know, GHQ stuff or, or anything else, because it was, they're easy to pack up, they're light, you know, you just put them on there, you, you run with it. Um, oh, yeah, they had them on clearance at miniature market did they not oh yeah like again like dirt cheap just like the sales of glory stuff um the funny thing about the sales of glory stuff that they had at miniature market was it was all like second and first rates yeah so you know i have more second and first rates than i think ever actually floated at any one point <laughs> in time um, i'm sure you do <laughs> well i mean again when they're like four dollars a ship what the hell am i supposed to do matt oh, i don't know hey, i know i I know that, buddy. Don't worry about it. You make funny. I said, I bet you do because you're in. You're in there. Um, but no, and and they are fun. I mean, with with Asia Sail, your your standard scale is basically is for the most part one to twelve hundred. Yeah. Um, there is smaller stuff out there, but it, I mean, it's the difference between you know HMS Victory is round about 300 feet in terms of hull. John, am I, am I correct on that one? 
Uh, <laughs> I was going to make it up. But yeah. Okay. Uh, if I recall correctly, she's right around 300 feet, either at the water line or the gun deck. I don't remember which, but point being, that's about the same size as a Fletcher class destroyer in World War II. So that's where you get that, that kind of disparity in scale between the, the two, you know. Um, you've got kind of that overall size that, okay, this would be cool. To <coughs> and then you've got a reduction in the scale in terms of what you need for ground scale as well. Because you're not going to be able to shoot even a 32-pounder nearly as far as a 5-inch shell in World War II. Um, so... Age of sale, again, most of the time you see 1 to 1,200. You can find 1 to 1,000. That's like, again, the the victory or the, good Lord, sales of glory was 1 to 1,000. Um, but, again, if you're going for the GHQ, stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. Is that you not, Jay? Yeah, that's uh, my former father-in-law. My ex-father-in-law uh, bought me, well, most of my 12400s GHQ stuff and he would always say okay I am going to get this for you but you got to you got to make it look really good now the queen mary never was in a dazzle pattern she was just straight gray yeah but dazzle but, pattern was awesome <clears throat> yeah so i dazzle patterned her up pretty pretty snazzy there but the re the other reason i was showing you this uh, is if you look um here, this is actually supposed to be the front crane, the front mast, and it has been violated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's <clears throat> that there. Um, and then there was also supposed to be one back here or here. I can't remember. Paul but, Beckett's uh, is sexy. <laughs> David. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Sexy. All right. And uh, yeah. David Hall says, very nice looking ships. Yeah. But you know, David uh, Hall, uh, no, I, I, I find you a, a, an exquisite speaker. So we're going to say, very nice looking ships. All right. We should have John say that stuff from now on. Yeah, John, go ahead and say that. That's a very nice looking ship. Good oh, very good. Chat. Here we go. There you go. That's my dazzle pattern. Dude, we are. Wait a minute. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there I you like go. That. Okay. Nice fair mile, dude. Not yes. a naval war gamer. What is with the damn stripes? So it okay. Could, oh, so for it, John. it looks like a zebra. <laughs> Shall I? So, so think about this. If Let you're on a submarine, it. all right, go ahead. <laughs> he doesn't speak. <laughs> go ahead. It, it, it's uh, yeah. Uh, not just about to say the same thing. The idea is you look at it and you think, damn, that thing stands out. But actually, when you're looking at, at a distance in the light, it breaks the out. It's camouflage. It breaks the outline up. Um, and there are reports into its effectiveness or otherwise, <clears throat> and that how much it actually did actually work at other times. And I don't think, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think any of the um, fair miles were actually painting dazzle pattern. But hey, it was my boat. I was going to paint it whatever color I like. Oh, uh, but no, yeah, yeah. Go, on, go on. I think that, that that was about all I had to say on it. But it's yeah, so oh, okay. it's there. Some things were painting it. But it was designed as yeah. Break, break down but, but, break down but think about it <clears throat> if you're, you're in a submarine and you're looking through your periscope mm -hmm. and you're seeing that against a gray sky against a and against you know dark water tell me which direction that ship is moving and how fast i see yeah. okay the other thing that it did was when it first 
you know, kind of occurred in World War One. It it made optical rangefinders really difficult to use because what optical rangefinders do is that they is they take an image, they split it. <coughs> this is a really long conversation, um, but <laughs> it's okay. Long story short, they split a an image, and the idea is you line those two images up to figure out where the third point on a triangle formed by the two arms of your optical rangefinder are, and then that'll tell you the distance. The issue is when your boat is painted like that and all of a sudden you've got half of the boat and you're trying to line up every one of those lines and all that shit, it's a whole lot harder to do that yep. or to even, again, much less on a, on a submarine, see it, figure out which end is the right end and then how fast it's going. Um, so yeah, it wasn't to, you know, the That's idea was that you're not going to be able to see my ship. The idea is good luck hitting it, jackass. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you you you've got you've got five maybe ten seconds to figure out how fast you're, it's going and in what direction it's going to be able to plot your uh, torpedo attack. Especially later in the war, as you got you know destroyers going all up in the nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the other thing, you know. <clears throat> All right, so John John showed off his cool cruel sea stuff. I had to go get some of mine here. Oh, here we go. We're gonna do some, do the show off now. Uh, while, while you're doing, bring it on. His stuff works infinitely better than mine, but it's just... John says, "Bring it on." <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is the box I did for uh, for my cruel seas figures. Oh, we're not going that way down a bit. Oh, so proper NATO stock number, pluses arrow. That's oh, just yeah, and they're all whoops. Oh. Drop camera. Drop camera. camera. <laughs> and then all magnetized. Oh, very nice. Journeys, anyway. Here's my incredibly shoddily painted Fairmile. <coughs> or one of the <coughs> incredibly Move shoddily that Snickers bar, will you? Product placement. Move it. Move the Snickers bar. This Snickers bar? Yeah, that one. Yeah, get it rid of it. Okay, now we can do it. So again, shoddily painted Fairmile. Let's see here. So I went nuts on Cruel Seas when it came out in January just because it was cool. I liked it. You are from Fisher. That one's a fun one. Um, it's difficult to cook while painting and paying attention to the chat, David says. Here's an LST. Uh-oh, the mask bent on my LST. So ignore the bad paint on the LST on its mast. I got you now. But you know you got the figures and everything in there. They're they're painted. They're fun. Um, I mean the the miniatures are great. It's just it's the wrong scale. Ramp steamer. Yeah, I'm not. I wish the scale was smaller. It happens. I might still wind up with PT dockyard stuff. Paul Beck says no. I want to paint my cruel sea ships. Uh, bring them a little bit further. A little bit like forward. Closer to your. Uh, there you go. Yeah, there right you there. Go. That's the yeah. dream spot. Right. <clears throat> just the that everybody has a million of. Um, I wound up with a bunch of um, uh, I wanted war, to wardrobe. John, cool sub. And where the hell is the wardrobe? Where is he? So here's a here's a finish. The world wonders that I intend to, uh, to finish stuff with. Push it forward. Yeah. There you go. So again, there's that. Um, got a bunch of Italian stuff. Unfortunately, my Italian stuff isn't painted. Sorry. Um. That being said, one of my favorite <laughs> models in that game is is the Gabbiano. That's just a cool looking 
little frigate. Um, Again, come come towards the red cap. There you come go. towards the red cap. Oh, I got. <laughs> you gonna take the red cap or the blue cap? Yeah. <laughs> see how deep this rabbit hole goes. But oh. Yeah. Mini Warmut is with us. He says, I can see McMurray in the bathtub playing with his boats <laughs> like Ernie <laughs> from Sesame Street. Yeah, dude. Fun fact, my, uh, my 28 millimeter Old Glory ships will float in the bathtub. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking around my thing and I can't find the relevant shoebox, but I've got a whole bunch of the um, uh, miscasts from Cruel Seas. So some of the resin didn't quite come out right. Um, and I'm slowly being sort of building them up and converting them, actually making them, uh, you know, use the 3D printer to make up the bits for them to actually make them into vessels again. So that's quite a fun thing. But I, I can't locate which box it is off the top of my head. Nice. Uh, I got some steam gunboats, some SGBs that are 3D printed. Those things are gigantic and mm -hmm. kind of ridiculously heavily armed. But no, there's... There's all kinds of fun stuff. Um, Veteran Wargamer says, I hear you, David. I've been cleaning my 3D printer. So. Mouse boat. Here's the Warlord mouse boat. Uh, I don't remember which one's Warlord and which one is... War towards the Red Cat. There you go. Which one is Warlord and which one is... I don't... Uh, who made the other ones? Tumbling Dice, maybe? I don't know. Oh, Heroics and Rise. H&R. Those look completely different. Yeah, again, I don't remember which one's which. <laughs> um, but they both look good. I mean, um, got that. Here's a Russian little patrol boat that, again, I grabbed for, to use for the fins. Because that's kind of how the fins got a Navy, too, was just grabbing Russian crap. But no, there's all kinds. I mean, it is. It's it's a cool scale and everything. I just would not say that. I, or it's a cool like the scope of the game is cool. Yeah, I just wish it was a little smaller. It's fun though. I mean, yeah, um, good stuff. Big old armed merchantman right here with a couple, couple bigger guns. Yeah, and then there's a Japanese fleet somewhere around here. I don't know where the hell that is. Yeah. So the terrain's quite good fun. Oh hell yeah! So that this was the the the, the, the lighthouse they do. Oh look at John yeah. having the actual. <laughs> I, I then made a little base. So if you want to make a taller version, you can sit oh, it on the base. Oh shots! Fire. And I've got a little a little um a oh. little jetty down the back of it, so you can get down to the boats. <laughs> oh nice! <laughs> so, but you know, it's all you can play with or without. So that was a bit of fun. I just thought, why not? Okay, so McMurray, when we make a trip over there. To the UK, you'll have to bring your boats, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna have to buy underwear over there because I'm not bringing clothes. All I'm gonna have is merch. <laughs> I'm not angry about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, all right. That's so the that cool thing about Cruel Seas, though, is that terrain doesn't exist. One to three hundred models you can play with, or one to three fifty models you can play with. Um, oh yeah, there's the there's the crowning achievement of my U.S. fleet here. Oop, wrong one. There you go. Oh, nice. Is, but is wait, that... there's more. 
Jesus, that's <laughs> that, what scale is that? That's huge. It's one to three fifty. It's the same scale. It's just a full blown Fletcher class destroyer. Wow. Much, much like what I'm working on. But that's where I find the problem with um, uh, some of the cruel seasons because since they brought it out, everyone wanted bigger and bigger ships. Yeah, and then uh, they yeah. put it on monitor, and it's like, hold uh, on, my my 15 inch gun isn't going to do this. Wait a minute. No, no, and, and let's not even start talking about scale ranges and things because you know. It's <laughs> not how this. Here you works. go, Matt. I, I'm I'm working on uh, this one. I'm painting. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at you go, bud. You gonna cut it to waterline? No, nope. Uh, this is the uh, ship that my. Oh, um, that's a display piece. Yeah, it's gonna be a display piece. It's uh, USS uh, Tinsman. Um, it was a destroyer escort during World War II that was commanded by the first owner of the uh, lumber company I work for. Hell yeah. <clears throat> so uh, they had an old Lindbergh model kit in one of the storerooms. Lindbergh. And I said, um, would y'all mind if I took that home and built it and painted it up in proper uh, proper uh, measure and, and uh, mod and bring it back to uh, put on display with the uh, battle flag that flew over the ship during... Uh, during the Battle of Leyte Gulf. And they said, sure. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally been sitting, well, it's been sitting in that uh, room for seven years because that's when the building was built. And prior to that, it was sitting in another storeroom in the original building um, from, oh, sometime in the 50s. So, there you go. Just sitting there doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> right on. Oh yeah, I'm working Great. on that. Very cool. I did have a question at the start of my late Tanganyika David mainly by the way, Dave. Uh, John, what color do you think I should paint these ships? On what Lake the Lake Tanganyika guys. Fuchsia. Everybody, everybody says white because that's what it should be, and I realize that's correct, but Jesus, just plain white ships look real boring. You know, you can use pastel green and green gray, and that's still white, but it actually is easier to paint than just straight bright white because it's a, a, a cool tone uh, green, but it doesn't Dude, look I green. Dude, I spray painted them white and did a really light black wash on them. That's all I've done so far. Well, that'll work. Boom. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Done. But I, I, I'm not a person to ask about what color. <coughs> I, I, I paint things whatever color I want to. Um, mm -hmm. uh, historical acts to be damned. You know, some of my um, uh, S boots have got a like a, a hex pattern camouflage on them just because I thought it looked like fun. <laughs> it's oh, completely so you, don't, you don't play Napoleonics then? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, though, because, again, just like your MTB, if an MTB boat captain wanted to paint his MTB, you know, his, his fair mile in dazzle pattern, who was going to tell him no? Be dazzled, my, my battleship. There you go. I would, uh, you know what, McMurray, you have enough. You should be dazzle one of them just for fun. No, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I knew you'd say no. <laughs> That'd be like asking you to paint your dwarves like elves. <laughs> well, I have done that. Uh, uh, need no, to find, can't. need to find or contract an an STL of USS US Grant Bros Broski Broski. Yes, Jeez. yes, I do. Why was that so hard that, for me to the, say? Uh, U.S. Grant was the ship that uh, our grandfather served on during World War II. Oh, okay. All right. That makes the context. Okay. Now I understand why. Cool. Well, have you guys said everything you wanted to say about uh, Naval Wargaming? No, I'm just eating candy right now. Okay. <laughs> eating that um, I, I've, I've got it. I have a question for McMurray. Uh, and really anybody, um, <clears throat> what, and y'all, y'all are going to be able to guess my, you know, my answer to this question pretty swiftly, but what is your favorite warship in oh, history? Schneike. Man, if I had an answer, I'd give it to you. I'll just say my grandpa's ship. I can't even pronounce well, it. Good enough. Corregidor. Corregidor. Well, you got to narrow it down. Are we talking like Age of Sail? Well, matter. let's go World War II. Okay. Um. That means you too, John. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it, it's, it's odd because I, I, I'm not sure <clears throat> World War II, apart from the small thing, but the, the um, uh, some of the flower class. Uh, and the, uh, had some fantastic names. There was Pansy and uh, Dainty and yeah. another such. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this kicked off a. If I may spin off into a story here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go in, ahead. In, in, in the late in the late nineties, we were uh, I was serving on board a warship, and um, uh, we uh, they were talking about that just at the time they were bringing out the names of the type the, the Royal Navy Type Twenty Three frigates, and they were sort of you know the, the Duke class. So there's Monmouth and uh, Norfolk and so on and so forth, and there's St Albans in there as well. And so one of the guys in the ship wrote a spoof letter to the Navy News, which is sort of the uh, the newspaper, the, the public newspaper about, about the Navy. And he sort of said, oh, HMS St. Albans sounds like a shopping centre. And this kicked off the old guard who then wrote it on the next issue with all the things that I served an HMS Pansy during World War II and it was the finest minesweeper ever. And we said, it was hysterical. <laughs> it was a complete send up. Just got them completely hook, line and sinker. But so, so, so uh, that's in my mind. So, I've, yeah, those, uh, and some of the stories that happened to them were just shocking about, you know, uh, yeah. you know, there's one where they, you know, they, 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 they tried to bump off the first attempt because he was such a, an asshole. Pushed him <clears> off the <throat> ship twice under the train and twice he got rescued and came back to them. You think he got the message after the first time. <laughs> so anyway, so that's, that's, a, that's a very long winded answer. Uh, no, Jay, I do apologize, but that, that, that's why oh. I've, I've looked the flower class, uh, uh, my and flower class and the smaller uh, MTMs are my favorites from World War Two era. You know, you go late in that. There's a different answer. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of answers in the comments here too, um, which I'll I'll display in a second. But go ahead, McMurray. I don't know. Spot some of those off. I'm I'm having an intense internal struggle right now. All right, fine. I was painting. I'll stop. Okay, USS uh, HMS uh, HMAS Perth, uh -huh. the USS Hornet CV8 and CV12. Okay. The Black Pearl, Mini Warmoth says. <laughs> the friend of your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually a co host. I believe you've met him. Uh, he keeps I'm up uh, crap like that. 
<laughs> be next well, coach. he would have been gone ballistic if he would have watched. Uh, you know what, Mini Warmont, you need to go watch the uh, top 16 again at the beginning since you were at lunch during that. And you'll probably spout off yelling and screaming and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. So, uh, so um, right. if, say, if you hadn't – go ahead, McMurray. No, you're good. I was just going to say one, one of the U.S. destroyer escort um, – or escort carrier. I know I said I'm not a huge fan of carriers. Classes um, like the U, like the Buckley class, USS England, and then some of the really just tiny, almost goofy, desperate ass, you know, Liberty ship converted escort carriers. Yeah. Just because it was purely like, like, a, like the like the Brogue and the yeah the Casablanca like, and. Yeah, again, to, to go back to the Taffy 3, like the Kalanin and Bay and stuff, where it's just like, well, you were a cargo ship, but we found <laughs> right. a bunch of teak, and... Uh, we're going to put 12 airplanes on you. Call it good. Yeah, go attack stuff. Please and thank you. Bye. <laughs> also, yep. you've got like three five-inch guns. Good luck. Um, Again, and just because both of those were such inventions of necessity that then were used to to great effect um that being said i'm gonna flip that on you and ask you age of sale go oh age my, of sale. black pearl my, my, well my, my favorite if if you hadn't guessed uh for the black pearl uh, world war ii my, my favorite is uss texas yeah i didn't even need to ask that yeah <clears throat> So, as far as carriers go, um, I got either CV-8, uh, USS Hornet, uh, launching the B-25s for uh, 30 seconds over Tokyo, or uh, that all it took was 30 the, seconds. Uh, the uh, Independence-class carrier USS San Jacinto. Okay. Again, a little fella. Yeah. Well, two reasons. A... That's the uh, that's the ship uh, President Bush flew off of. Yep. B. Which one? San Jacinto. The San Jacinto. No, uh, I B. San Bush. Bush one. The, the one that <laughs> actually fought in the war. Oh, okay. And two, um, it's the battle that uh, where the Texicans uh, beat the snot out of Santa Ana and won independence uh, from Mexico. And is the battleground where USS Texas is currently moored as a museum cool. ship. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. So kind of pulls it all together for me. I've also spent uh, a couple of days on uh, USS Texas uh, pounding around on the sticks. That's awesome. Yeah. I've also, I've also uh, spent time on North Carolina BB-55 and uh, CV-16 USS Lexington yeah, in, in Corpus Christi Harbor. Yep. Or Bay, I should say. All right, John, favorite <coughs> age of sail ship. Favorite you not, Jade, coming around. Well, victory is the obvious choice, almost too obvious. Um, yeah. Um, in terms of, well, as warship would be, in terms of civilian age of sail ships, Cutty Sark, just because of what she was able to achieve. Yeah. Um, uh, and of course, you can still go visit her now. Um, 
So yeah. Not great. No. Um, I gotta go. Oh, let me see here. Go well, while he's thinking that. Uh, Paul Becker says the Battle of Sundra Strait, Perth, and Houston uh, went down fighting. And many more months, he's going to go back now to the beginning of the video. Uh, uh, David says, uh, and carriers used to be named after U.S. battles. Yep. Again, there was a chunk in World War II there where they named it after pretty much anything. I've been on the USS Missouri in Hawaii, Paul Beckett says. Awesome. That's nice. I'll bring you a free to boner to that throttle, you buddy. <laughs> been in the USS Yorktown, if that counts, but it's a bit smaller. <laughs> All right, it's still awesome, yeah. <clears throat> um, for me, it's it's got to be uh, what's on on Lake Champlain during uh, War of Niagara? Independence. Oh no! Yeah. That's, that's no, 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 no. No, um, damn it. you know what? I'll, I'm, I'm, I, you know, the obvious one, of course, is Constitution, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I like, uh, I like the, um, the, the, yeah, the ship, the, that, uh, the ship that John Paul Jones was on that he commanded. Which, like, the one that he sunk out from under him? Yeah. The Bonhomme Richard? Yeah, yeah, the Bonhomme Richard, because, well, you know. You're talking age of sail, like, like, what era? Like, what years? Well, I mean, age of sail can be basically anything up to about 1820. Oh, okay, good. And I, and I, I pick the boat that took George Washington across that river during the American Yeah, the love of criminy. Man, you would have been the guy sitting in the third seat of that thing humming the dog theme song. He would have bitched like yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Shriver. <laughs> Almost there, sir. <laughs> he says, really? I can't tell the difference. Oh, Missouri is a battleship, not a carrier. Oh, okay. And Paul Becker said, really? I can't tell the difference. Different size guns, David Hall says. Yeah. There we go. You guys are going to be real weirded out by this. But it if seems I like have... our listeners are actually like really into naval wargaming more than any of the other ones we've done so far, so this is good. What up? We got uh, ten people watching, so that's why Paul Bex is awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. We ought to oh, do the well, occasional. That, you know, he kicks the crap out of cancer. That's why he's awesome too. Hell yeah, it's yeah. game impressive. Well, he's a police officer. Of course he did. He's badass. My... Should I put... Should I put man, I keep wanting to say Royal Navy ships, but I just feel dirty saying that. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous. Just jealous. Take that well, off. Kind of. what, 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 what's, the, what's the oddest ship? Well, see, that's what I was going to say was HMS Glatton because it was a Razi that was entirely outfitted with carronades. But because of that, it had a, a way to broadside like 
one and a half times as heavy as Victor. Because its main battery was 68-pound carronades. B.E. Fudge, proprietor of the post office and general store. I showed it. There you go. Go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry, Murray. I mean, you're good. But <laughs> so that, that's titillating conversation. I appreciate it. That was one of my contenders because that's just cool, man. Like, um, you know. I know the, 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 the I, I think one of my one of mine that is just really odd is the HMS Marshall Ney. <laughs> Whoops, that's a funny name. <laughs> Mini Warmut. <laughs> How the heck is this show still on after Matt's first second <laughs> two choices? Pearl Harbor and Under Sea still watching other choices. Will it get worse? <laughs> yes. We did try to kick him off, but he is unfortunately the host. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, we couldn't. <laughs> yeah, but the but, uh, HM, uh, HMS Marshall May uh, <laughs> was a. 6,800 ton monitor with a single 15 inch gun on it. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, excuse me. Twin 15 inch guns. Good job, France. Oh, uh, no, th this is this is British. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the name confused. Yeah, no, I got you. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of weird shit like between. You know, World War One and the end of the Age of Sail. I did oh, that yeah. back. The end of the Age of Sail, World War One. That is just worlds of bizarre that we could get into. Um, pre dreadnoughts, like you got the Fr the French basically building like super over exaggerated Age of Sail hulls out of steel, and then like sitting old west buildings on top of them yeah and just expecting it to work you got the russians you know sitting over there in their ice locked ports with obviously about four years worth of vodka being consumed in a year thinking up oh well we're just going to make completely <laughs> <sick of it." laughs> like you know people have gotten high in the past but i don't know that like that's a pretty impressive level. Um, yeah. But like the Gangut and the the Yakov yeah. or whatever the hell they are. Yeah, again, just completely circular. Just like, oh, this will be fun. What? Hold on. Um but you know, not to say that people didn't do weird stuff during the age of sale cuz they did, but Yeah. Oh yeah, my my favorite is the Portland class, if I had to decide, which was a a shallower draft, light two-decked, um, heavy fifth rate, low fourth rate. So kind of like a mini, again, John's going to have to correct me on the pronunciation here, Razi, right? So two, two gun decks, two full gun decks, not just a gun deck and a weather deck, but smaller and scaled down for coastal stuff like off, you know, the U.S. and whatnot, um, so they didn't draw as much water. And that's actually what uh, the HMS therapist was that, again, John Paul Jones used to such ridiculous 
Um, or I'm sorry. What's his name? Pearson used to such ridiculously good effect beating a living piss out of the bottom shard. But cool, cool. we've been on for two hours now. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> there's only HMS Speedy was pretty cool too. Um, that's Unfortunately, first command. We have to end the show. It's been two hours. Um, I know you guys can talk about this subject for hours and hours. We have, and you have with us just sitting here in the normal chat, which is awesome guys. But, uh, um, you guys got any final thoughts on miniature wargaming, uh, like, uh, your favorite game to play or, uh, you know, anything enough at all? Can we get some final thoughts out of John? I'm really happy you're back, dude. <laughs> uh, just encourage people, go out there, f find one, give it a go. You'll enjoy it. It's a rabbit hole you're going to fall down. There you go. Yeah, I think that's probably another reason why I haven't. Because it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> Naval war game. I, 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 I do have to say I love some of the British ship names like battle axe broadsword war well, spite not? you have to i mean you got stuff like excellence and wild stuff like that too so yeah you know indefatigable indefatigable yeah there you go yeah again i'm gonna i'm gonna just say it. speedy speedy's my favorite age of sail ship You've got seven four-pounders. Um, Cochran was famous for walking up and down the decks with the entire weight of his broadside in his jacket pockets. And with eighty, <laughs> with with a crew of 80, he took the gamble with a crew of like – I'm sorry, a crew of 60, he took a gamble with a crew of like 200 and something just through incredible seamanship and a great big middle finger. Or I guess it's the British, so a great big two fingers – to some Spaniards. <laughs> oh man. Are we meeting uptake salute 2022? Start saving up lads. I'll be there. Oh, who's that? Paul Beckus. Paul Beckus is going to be at salute in 2022. Well, Jesus, dude, your journey makes any excuse I make pretty lame. <laughs> do you wait? Like Paul, how the hell do you get to England? Do you like, <laughs> Do you just like flip a coin and that, or like throw a throw a you know a dart at a at a globe and it's like yeah we're gonna pass through this point like we're gonna go over the North Pole today no we're gonna go across the South Pole today yeah we're gonna cross over you know Russia and Mongolia and, today uh, yeah, normally uh, flying out of uh, Australia uh, Qantas uh, goes through the Middle East like through Dubai and stuff like that well I guess I go nonstop now. Oh, yeah, they can go nonstop. Her first London, 18 hour flights. Holy Christ. God, man, you'd really now, have to take a dump after the end of that one. <laughs> well, I, I, I believe they have toilets in that club now. Yeah, but that's always <laughs> real awkward, man. That's a, there is no room for leg stretching on an airplane. <laughs> no. <laughs> Either way, Paul, I'm going to try now. Just for yeah. you. Yeah. I think that's going to have to be something that uh, we need to look into. Salute, huh? Only if you and John come to like Little Wars or Historicon or something. Yeah, we need to get John over here. Start saving your money, John. 
Oh, he's gone. Now, what we need to do is uh, get him here to uh, recruits. Yeah. That way, Good that man. way he can spend the, that way he can spend his money on uh, on the flight, and not have to worry about spending the money on uh, the convention <laughs> on getting in. Yeah. yeah, five bucks, man. I'll spot you, John. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> John said, "Nope, these guys are too dumb." No, I'm yeah. here. It's a mouthful of food. No, there oh, you go. That's okay. I've been eating candy the whole time. You're good, man. Yeah, that's something I'm gonna have to do here in a minute. I'm eat candy in your face? No, I gotta eat food. I'm hungry. I haven't had lunch yet. Uh, yeah, he's man. It's the day after Halloween. If you're not eating your kids' candy, <laughs> oh, I already, I already did that. Paul Becca says Little Wars 2023. <laughs> Done. Yes. Yep. Well, my year is made. Yeah, we're not worth it enough to go to recruits with, you know, out here. It's not uh, as worthy as Little Wars is. I see how it is, Paul. That's okay. It's okay. This is my disappointed face, Mr. Beckus. I'll tell you what, Paul. <laughs> Paul, I tell you what. If you come to recruits in St. Louis, we will uh, let you stay in McMurray's room on the other double bed. And that way, you will have nonstop McMurray action the whole time you are here. And uh, we will sit over in the corner praying for you the entire time. Well, Paul, if you come to recruit, you can stay at my house. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, Mini Wormut, uh, you were too late and you weren't in there, so you don't get a choice on the top 16. But we have his approval, by the way. He says, okay, not too bad of a top 16. Master Commander is really good. So we have Mini Wormut's approval. We can move on with our day, which is great. So we missed out on Crimson Tide, The Enemy Below, USS Indianapolis, and K-19. Says, And Paul Beckett says, I don't know the difference. <laughs> Between my house and a hotel room? That's expensive. <laughs> One's cleaner. <laughs> yeah. The hotel room. And, and he says, my wife would not like that. So... I don't know. McMurray's a likable guy. You know. <laughs> John, here's my interpretation of the African queen. So I put a maxim on the bow. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Got some going to get all pulpy in this place in a minute here. I had to go to the grocery store and get a bunch of orange juice so I could just get the extra pulp feeling in me. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. So with that. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. That was that was Naval Wargaming. I hope you guys got it out of your system. Um, but I doubt it. Anyway, uh, thank you to our viewers for joining us. Uh, there's 10 people watching, which is awesome. If you're watching from Twitch, thank you so much. We need to get our average to three people an episode uh, so we can start doing more things on Twitch. Um, Twitch has got great quality. As a matter of fact, while we were live here, I was looking over there. And the picture over there, it's better than it is on YouTube, <laughs> which is, you know, weird. But it is what it is, right? Um, anyway, so our next, uh, our next, let's see, oh, he's McMurray saying, yay, boats. Of course he is. Thank you for contributing over there, McMurray. I really appreciate that, buddy. Um, okay, I just need to talk and put this away. Anyway, our matey, the fans demand it. More boats. Don't end the chat. Yep, McMurray's. Don't end the chat. Don't end the chat. More boats. Full speed ahead. You guys. Well, um, next week is Mythic Americas. We're going to talk Mythic Americas. Uh, we talked with John Russell, but actually we're going to talk with Mythico Studios. We're going to actually talk to Nelson 
uh, Martinez and Chris Remetz. Uh, they are the creators of um, the uh, uh, Mythic Americas game, which is uh, coming out. What, what is this? This is the oh, okay. uh, no, it's uh, next week, next weekend. <clears throat> We also what? have Antari yeah, next weekend as we're talking to Nelson Martinez, Nelson Martinez, and uh, Chris right. Metz. I, I thought the the game was coming out in December. Yeah, it's coming out in December. Okay, but they're going to come on and talk about Mythic Americas and all their ideas, and they'll possibly uh, share some things that are coming in the future for it. Um, uh, really cool guys. Uh, we may not get a word in edgewise. <laughs> um, uh, but they they're they're talkers. They love talking about the era and uh, the research that they've done, um, which I know know after speaking with them through emails, they have done a ton of research research uh, with the game itself, uh, with the Aztecs, the the tribal nations, the you know uh, mythic Americas. So that that would be next Saturday. And then Sunday, we have another Antares Adventures podcast. It's our episode ten, which is crazy. And we're going to talk about the Nexus and what it is and what it's all about, uh, where it came from, how it works, and we can answer any of your questions about that. So that's next weekend. The next following weekend after that, uh, it's the 14th of November. Uh, something special is going to happen. I'll announce that next week. I can't really say. But on the 21st, we have uh, Knuckle Duster Miniatures Forrest Harris will be joining us for the Wargaming Wild West, which is uh, what I've been hardcore doing here lately. I literally almost finished this little Sarissa's precision building while sitting here. And they're so That's easy cool. to paint. They're so easy to paint. No primer necessary. You'll see a video on how I did it, um, which they're not that hard, but they're pretty cool little buildings. And <clears throat> we will be talking that uh, uh, on the 21st. And then of course, we're going to have uh <laughs> Thank, and Thanksgiving is going to be at shortly after that, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll have something going on. I know one of those days we're going to have uh, Fright Skiving, Fright Skiving, which will be a game of fistful lead tales of horror. Uh, we'll, we'll also have uh, a fistful lead ancients game of some kind that I'm only going to say that about. And our, of course, last ramble of the year, which will have our top sixteen, top sixteens. So all the answers, all the winners from all our top 16s, we're going to choose a top 16 of that, which is much more than 16. So we'll have to do a larger bracket. But um, Well, I think the good news is we won't have Five Legos West in there. No, it won't be in there. So. <laughs> Basically, we're pick, picking our favorite top 16 that we've done. So, um, <clears throat> But anyway, that's all Star I've got. Wars. Star Wars what? What? My favorite top 16. Okay. All right. Star Wars. I get you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, uh, we're going to try to have more Sunday episodes so John can join us and things like that uh, next year. Um, we're planning on doing that. If you guys have any ideas as well, um, leave it in the comments of uh, nice things. Be nice. Of uh, things or ideas that you, that you, wanna, you guys want to talk about next year or you want us to, you know, possibly do or suggestions or anything like that about our show and how we can make it better. That would be awesome. Uh, next year, I will say also, there's going to be uh, more shows on Twitch. 
So uh, there'll, there'll be shows Twitch only. There'll be shows YouTube only. Um, I do want to say that. So if you're not over on our Twitch channel, it uh, uh, Nache put it in the comments here. I believe you did, right? Yep. Of the YouTube. And uh, also you can go over to Rockers Warm Community Group and find the, uh, uh, the link for our Twitch as well. It's but that's really all I got for you guys. So thanks to John. John, appreciate it, man, for coming back. Uh, glad to have you back. Big Murray, not Jay, for me. Last but not least, from me to you. Ta-ta! And I will catch you in our next video.